With that in mind, today I want to talk to you about a topic all of us have probably had to face in our life. Failure. Anybody ever failed at anything? Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to poke at you too much, but, uh, man, my big thing in high school, man, is, boy, you don't want to get an F. Man. Let's be honest. Anybody ever got an F in school? Oh, it just, it should depress you. I, I can't remember getting an F, but I was fearful of the F. I was fear, of, and, and and then sometimes we just put a F on our forehead. I just, I'm a failure. You know, in our culture, there are people who have inbred and in, in, ingrained us that will never be, uh, you know, anything but a failure. But listen, failure, failure. Everybody say it. It doesn't have to be final. Look at your neighbor and say, failure is not final. And so with that in mind, I, in just a moment, I want to read Luke chapter 5, but uh, to kind of prime the pump this morning, I was thinking about Thomas Edison. How many of you know, what's, what's he most well known for? He in, invented what? Everybody, everybody turn on the light bulb. He invented the light bulb. He was an inventor. He was a very smart fellow. Here's a couple of things he said about failure. He said, if I find 10,000 ways something won't work, I haven't failed. I am not discouraged because every wrong attempt discarded is another step forward. In fact, uh, the, the rumor mill is this, that, that Thomas Edison's workshop, if you will, the place where he worked and invented things was on a second floor of a building. And when he would go through a process and realize it didn't work, he'd throw it out the window. And it is said that he threw so many things out the window that his, his, his failures reached to the top of the second floor. Uh, and so if that be true, that certainly fits what he said. If I find 10,000 ways something won't work, I've, I haven't failed. I'm not discouraged because every wrong attempt discarded is another step forward. He looked at failures totally different than maybe you and I. And then he said this, many of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Many failures, many of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. How many of you appreciate that, that Thomas Edison didn't quit? Every morning when you flip on the light bulb, you go, thank you, Jesus, for somebody who didn't quit. Amen. We've got light. Everybody say, let there be light. With that in mind, I want to read Luke chapter 5 because it, it, it enlightens us and helps us. In fact, I'm, we're going to learn some things from Luke chapter 5 that will help us embrace the reality that even though maybe we're facing failures in life, it doesn't have to be final. Everybody say failure doesn't have to be final. Here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 5. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Everybody say Simon. And you know, that happens to be who? Peter. It was before God or Jesus changed his name. Uh, and that's another lesson we've learned, but we'll, we, we'll skip that. Uh, he, he was, uh, got in Simon's boat and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. 
So they signaled to their partners in the other boat uh, to come and help them. That happens to be uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, and so they signaled them and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. That's what Pentecostal preachers call a net breaking boat sinking load. How many of you are looking for a net breaking boat sinking load? They had that. And so when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Everybody go, oh, OMG. Come on, everybody. I said, y'all not listening to me this morning. Or else you just don't want to follow the leader. That's part of discipleship. Everybody go, oh, OMG. <laughs> that's, that's modern day astonishment. I got a feeling they were greatly astonished at this catch of fish. And so, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father, thank you for the message of your word. May it make a big difference in our lives today as we endeavor to look forward into our future rather than stuck in the middle of failure. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So this is where the story, and most of you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enamored with uh, the life of Peter. I, he, he, of all the disciples, I love them all, but he really revs my motor. I love this guy, and I love the, the, the story uh, of his life and how he walked through life and, and, and how he processed failures. And, and, uh, that, uh, and, and when you look at his life and you have time to look, you realize that Peter's failure was never final. Peter was a failure to number things, but it didn't, it did not define who he was. And we need to embrace that and understand that. And that's one of the reasons we're teaching on Wednesday night, a pilgrim's progress, a journey through first and second Peter to embrace the, the life lessons that Peter learned through his life. And, and if we had time, we could go through his life and, and outline. I, how many of you, you, you really probably wouldn't want somebody later in life after you're gone to outline all your failures. But Peter, here's the cool part about Peter. He did not let his failures be final in his life. And that's what all of us need to embrace. And that's what, what you and I need to embrace too. And this Luke 5 is where Peter's uh, biblical, the biblical record of his life begins for us, even though we've got some insight into his, into his earlier years just by history. Uh, and so what was his failure? And, and Jesus got right up in the middle of it. And he said, he said, let down your nets for a catch launch out. He said, uh, you don't understand, master. We fished all night and caught what? Caught nothing. You see, Peter was licking his wounds that morning when Jesus showed up into his life. Because for a fisherman to fish all night and catch nothing is certainly the equivalent of a, of a zero. Uh, and so you got to understand this was not his finest hour when it comes to his responsibility. His success that night was not nominal or marginal. It was abysmal. Uh, it was non-existent. You see, Peter wasn't fishing for the joy of it. He was fishing for his life. That was his business. That was his, uh, uh, his methodology of, and for resources. When Peter, and, and we all know from history that, that, that fishermen were some of the lowliest of the lowlies when it comes to the economic scale. And, and they lived hand to mouth. No fish, no food. No fish, no finances. 
No fish, no future. He was, in a sense that day, a failure. And in his life, Jesus walked into his life. And I love this. He transformed his failure into a building block and a foundation stone for his future. You see, failure is not final. And this morning, I want us to look at this story and I want us to, to uh, allow his word to make a difference in our life. We cannot allow our failures to define us. We cannot allow the mistakes of our life to be our MO for the rest of our life. We've got to move beyond the failures of life and the mistakes of life. In fact, Peter, in his early teenage years, probably experienced some of this pain of failure in his life. If you know much about little Jewish boys, when they're, when they're growing up, they go through religious training. And the goal is, when you become 13, that uh, the rabbis will look to you and choose you to be really a more uh, a studious student of theirs and train up to be a rabbi. Not very many kids got to be able to be chosen. Undoubtedly, if you weren't chosen, what'd you do? You just did what daddy did. You followed in daddy's footsteps. And undoubtedly, Peter, in a sense, flunked out of rabbi school as a young teenager. And so, as did many others. And so, uh, he understood the pain of not arriving at his intended destination. But he did not allow his failures to define him. And Jesus walked into his life and began to transform his life and transformed his failures into a foundation for his future. So with that in mind, I want to give you some thoughts today. If you're writing down notes, I would encourage you to jump in because I'm going to give you some thoughts that I think that, that will work in all of our lives. And you say, well, I'm not a failure. Uh, uh, well, at some point, someplace, we will not arrive where we intended to arrive and accomplish what we intended to accomplish. And so I'm not speaking that over you. I'm just going to be here for you to help you walk through it because all of us on some level have looked at our life and went, man, what in the world was that? Everybody wanted to thump your own self, go, you... anybody? <laughs> Golly. I failed. I made a mistake. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. Well, here, I'm going to help you walk through that so, so we can embrace today that failure is not final. Everybody say failure doesn't have to be final. The first thing I see out of this story, if we're going to follow in the life or in the footsteps of Peter and allow his life and his experiences with Christ to, to make a difference in our life and help us uh, process the failures of our life, the first thing that I see, we've got to be willing. Everybody say willing. We've got to be willing to let. Everyone say let. That means to allow. What happened? Jesus walked into the middle of Peter's failure and got in his boat and asked him permission to, to push out a little from the shore so he could sit down and teach the multitudes. And Peter allowed him into his mess. Peter allowed him into his failure. He invited him in. He gave him permission to move into the middle of his mess. And listen, that's where all of us need to come. Some of us look at our life and we realize, man, I've made a mess of things. I've messed this up. I've messed that up. I've messed up my job. I've messed up my marriage. I've messed up my, my kids. I've messed up uh, my own life. I'm, I feel like I'm a big mess. I'm a failure at life. And all of us have gone through those f feelings from time 
to dime. If we haven't, man, you have lived in a bubble of, of somewhere I've never been because I've been exactly where Peter was that day. And, and listen, at the, at the bottom of the barrel, when you're in the basement digging holes, the first thing you and I have to realize if we're going to move beyond this mess, we're going to move beyond this failure. We've got to invite Jesus into the middle of our mess. And allow him into our boat. Man, I'm telling you, we got to get Jesus in our boat. We got to get him on our side. Listen, some, some, most of the time, you and I, when we make a mess, we make one that you can't fix unless Jesus shows up. And we got to be willing to let him in. Peter let Jesus into the middle. Now, here's interesting perspective about Peter that is not written, but it's certainly inferred. Here's Peter licking his wounds about his failure. And Jesus, who's about to speak to the, everybody say, multitudes. That's everybody that could come from miles around. And Jesus says, can I borrow your boat, Peter? The one that you, this is my amplified version, the one that you used all night and couldn't and caught no fish. Can I, can I invite the whole world around us to view in and see the fact that you are a failure? Because understand something about fishermen. When they come to shore, whoo, man, if you had a day, you want everybody to, whoo, man, look at here. Did y'all see my picture on Facebook? Whoo. And let me just say, there's a little photographic trickery in those. You just got to know that. When you stick them way out, they look 10 pounds instead of 5 pounds. There's a trick. You look, my hand would weigh, if, if that was really true, my hand would weigh like 15 pounds each because they're big out there. And Peter's perspective is that Jesus and everybody is viewing down upon his mistakes and seeing him for who he really was. But even at that, he was able to humble himself and let Jesus into the middle of his mess. And listen, today there may be people, I don't know where you are, I don't know what's going on in your life, I don't know how you feel. You know, some of us are camouflaged misery. You know what that is? We smile on the outside, but on the inside, we just feel terrible. There's a lot of people like that. They smile and nod, but on the inside, there's struggles, there's issues, there's failures, there's insecurities in life. And we've got to be willing to just say, Jesus, I'm going to let you into my world. I give you permission to get in my boat. I give you permission to move into the middle of my mess and, and begin the process of transforming my mess into my message. I, I'm just going to yield myself to you. I need you in my life. Hallelujah. And that's what he did. Number two, you got to be willing to listen. Everybody say, listen up. We see here in verse three, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And I'm telling you something, Peter listened up. Man, when you, when you're at the bottom of the barrel, you're open to anything. I, I, I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready. I need, I need a word from God. Listen, in the middle of your failure, all you need is one word from God to turn things around in your life. 
But we've got to listen up. It's interesting to me. I, I, my, my mind and my spirit's exploding here. Revelation, the letters to the churches. That he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Listen, in the middle of your failure, you can read all the self-help books you want. You can do all those things. You can pick yourself up by your bootstraps. All those things are good. But one thing you better not miss. You better not miss the voice of the Lord in this. But I'm telling you, He's got a word for your life and He will speak to you things that will turn things around in your life and you can work it you can you can you can try to put a band-aid on it all you want you can try to go to uh, you know classes and counseling and all that stuff is great and good but ultimately what you need is the word of the lord in your life and one word from god will transform your life everybody say listen up Man, when I've got issues, I go places. I ask people. I, I read books. I, I don't just sit in the middle of my misery. I do all those things. And, and, and I ask friends in the multitude of counselors their safety. I don't just sull up in a, I've, I've been tempted. Anybody ever been tempted to sull up? Man, when you mess up by, you, you know, you look, you got, you gravel on your lips, hanging down. You just drag. You got the drag jaw. You sullen up. Listen, that can be aw- awfully dangerous. If you'll get to a place where you hear God's voice, everybody say there's nothing wrong with God's voice. Peter heard God's voice because God's word. Because when he got, he stopped talking. He said, "Peter, launch out, let down your nets for a catch." And that's where he said, "Well, we fished all night and caught nothing, but nevertheless, everyone say nevertheless." Nevertheless, at your word, see something about what Jesus said caused faith to build up in Peter's heart. To do something that would be obviously contrary to the normal uh, uh, circumstances of life because they were fishing at night, not just because it was cool, but because that's when the fish drew close to the shore where their nets could have fit. And so for Jesus to say, after a long time of teaching the Word of God, launch out in the daytime and let down your nets for a catch was contrary to the norm. But something, hey, listen, uh, there's something about the Word of the Lord that doesn't matter what's going on and what the circumstances of life. When you get a Word from God, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you feel like. If you will get a hold of the Word of God, if you will listen up to what God is saying, it'll transform your life. Everybody say, listen up. Ooh, and listen, when you stumble and fall, there's all kinds of voices that come speaking into your life. I've told you before, and I don't have time to tell it in detail, but as I, a young man in high school, in Red Oak High School, I was played on the football team, and I, my senior year, I was 165 pounds. No, I was 135 pounds sopping wet, but in the in the program, they said I was 165 because my coach just couldn't dare let anybody know the starting left guard weighed 135 pounds. But in the off season, they made you run track, and I couldn't run fast. I I was not a track star, but our coach would say you got to run track so you stay in shape. And and I, and I'm bow legged, and nothing works well from that. It never has. And he said you're going to run the hurdles. I said I don't run hurdles. He said you need to run hurdles. I said I can't run hurdles. He said, you got to. And so they graded us as hurdlers. You know, there's, and back in my day, there was A hurdlers, B hurdlers, C hurdlers, and 
de-hurdlers. Anybody want to guess what grade I was? Thank you for your kindness. I was a de-hurdler. And on the first big event, they put us up first so everybody could watch and make fun. We want all the de-hurdlers to come to the front. Boy, and they say, ah. anybody ever heard this story before? Just a few. Oh, I may, I may stretch it out now. And in my day, the, some demoniac designed the tracks. Today, they're rubber. You can almost bounce on them. Back then, they made them out of what's called cinder. That means crushed bricks. That when you fall, it rips flesh from every part of your body. Anybody ever done that? So I got down in the stands. I'm just scared to death. Everybody's like 15,000 people watching. It just seemed that way. Laughing at the de-hurdles. And it's like slow motion. Anybody seen Chariots of Fire? That's the way I felt. Everything's slow motion. And all of a sudden, as I slow, just like, anybody? Come on, help me out. Pathetic you are. You get it. I want you to get this. And as I got close to the, I'm just thinking, if I can get over this first hurdle, that's my big deal. So I jump. I think I'm over. And my big toe on my right foot said, no, you ain't. And all I can remember is all four elbows and knees, face, hitting the cinder track. <laughs> Flesh flying. Blood, it was a gory mess. And I landed at the base of the second hurdle, wounded, battered, bruised, and scarred. And I heard a voice. And the voice said, Just curl up in the fetal position and wait for everyone to pass. And then you can sneak off under the bleachers and lick your wounds. So I did that. I thought, I curled up. I'm just stupid hurdle. No hurdle. And I'm laying there in my misery, bloodied, battered, broken, de-hurdler failure. And I hear other voices began to ring through my desperation. I heard, as it were, thousands upon thousands of people shouting these two words, Get up! What were they shouting? And it got louder. And it got louder still. And it got louder still. I'm thinking, why do 14 million people care about one little D hurdler who fell on the first hurdle? Why do they care? Nobody cares. I'm a D hurdler for goodness sakes. And finally, I got enough, up enough courage while everybody was shouting, 
and I peeked out of the corner of my fetal position and I saw something amazing. Every de-hurdler had fallen on the first hurdle. And we were all laying there. <laughs> I wish to goodness there was a video because it would be, it would have gone viral. And I'd have made a lot of money. Plus I could have showed you on the, I could have showed you this really happened. And, and I'm, I'm sad to say that I was not the one de-hurdler who finally listened to the voice and got up. The one de-hurdler, one down in the end, he finally said, okay. He got up. He walked down. It was a hundred yard hurdles. He didn't jump over one hurdle. He just. I'm going, that ain't fair. You know what they did? They gave him a blue ribbon for goodness sakes. He didn't jump over one hurdle, but he made it to the finish line. You know why? Because he listened to the voice. He got the word. I didn't get the word. You got to listen to what God's saying. And sometimes it may come through, through you know, if he can speak through a donkey, he can speak, hey, he can speak to you. You got to listen to the word of the Lord. And Peter heard the word of the Lord in his life. He opened up. And you know what the Bible says? It says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And what you need in the middle of your failure is a word from God that will build faith in your life to give you the courage to get up and begin to do something about the circumstances of your life. And whoo, come on now. And Jesus said, hey, just get up and go launch out your, uh, put on out there and let down your nets uh, for a catch. And Peter, something on the inside though, he's looking at his failure. He's looking at the circumstances of his life and so are everybody else. And he realized, I've got a choice here to believe God or doubt God. I'm going to believe what I heard. And I nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to launch out and let down my nets for a catch. I'm going to hear what you have to say and I'm going to obey what you have to say. We gotta listen up. He'll speak to you. Man, there's all kinds of, I've got another series rumbling around. I've, I've done it in another different ways, but voices. Everybody hears voices. And there's all kinds of voices. Listen, there's one voice that will silence every other voice, and his name is Jesus. One word from God will change your life. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You remember Peter, and when Jesus sent Peter and the disciples in the ship to go on a cross, and he said, I'll be there in a little bit. They get out into the, into this same sea, and it gets turmoil. Remember that? And they're all going, OMG, Jesus sent us into the middle of this. And here comes Jesus doing what? Walking on the water. Skip to do da, skip to do and the more, and most of the disciples, they look and went, ah, oh, it's a ghost. But G, Peter looked and he said, I think it's the Lord. He said, it is I, be not afraid. Jesus said, well, just bid me to come to you on the water then. If it's you, tell me to come on. And now he tested the Lord a little bit. And then he heard the Lord say, come. He got the word of the Lord. What did Peter do once he got the word of the Lord? Woohoo! 
He started walking, not on the water. What was he walking on? He was walking on the Word of God. He's obeying the Word of God. He got a Word from God. And only time he began to sink, when he got his mind and his eyes off the Word and got him on the waves, he started sinking. Everybody go, Peter, what's your problem? What about the other sissy still in the boat? Peter understood if I can get a word from God, you got to be willing to let him into your boat. You got to be willing to let, listen to what he has to say to you in, in the middle of all the voices of failure that are speaking to you. You got to hear God because listen, God doesn't believe you're a failure. Jesus got a plan for your life. He wants to transform your failure into something that will work together for your future and come out uh, uh, fulfilling God's purpose for your life. You gotta be willing to let. You gotta be willing to listen. You gotta be willing to launch out. Everybody say launch. He said launch out. That word launch means exactly what you might think to put, think to put out, but it, it also means to return to that place. Go back to that place. And, and it infers starting over. It infers getting back to where you failed and starting over. Listen, I'm about to publish a book I wrote a long time ago. It's called Starting Over. There are times in life when we just have to start over. And people, I mean, you know, I'm 59 years old. I don't want to start over with anything. But I'm telling you, there comes times in our life when we look at our life and say, you know what? I've just got to start over. And Jesus said, launch out. Go back right to the place where you set shore, where you licked your and felt like a failure. You go back there and you get back out there in the game, my friend. And you, by the, and this time, you do it under inspiration of the Word of God in your life. Go back. If you got to start over, it's great to start over as long as Jesus is in charge. Whew. Face your failure with faith. You know, when we fail, a lot of times we just need want somebody to come bail us out, right? Whew, man, I'm ready for my bailout. Call, call our government. They liable to do it. I bail you out. Peter didn't get his bailout before he believed. Once he listened and, and launched out in faith, that's when the bailout comes. That's when the provision of God begins to happen. When you, in the middle of your failure, you say, hey, it's not final. I'm going back to where I, I, I failed the first time. And under the inspiration and the direction of God in my life, I'm going to keep obeying Him. And so to launch out is, is to say, I'm going to obey you. I'm following what you say. Even if it doesn't make any sense. Listen, let me ask you. When, when's the last time you realized my sense doesn't make a whole lot of sense? You, you ever been in the middle of a failure and say, what I, hey, the way I thought didn't seem to work out. I might need to follow through with what God thinks. And if God says, Jesus says there's fish close to the shore, uh, in the daytime. And he says, if, if I launch out and let down my nets for a catch, Jesus didn't tell him and let down your nets for a potential catch. He said, it's out there. Just go get it. And he believed God and he launched out. He started over and it produced for him and his brothers a net back breaking boat sinking load. Listen, there's a lot of people sitting on the shore confessing a breakthrough. Lord, I'm believing for a net breaking boat sinking load. I'm believing you. No, you're not. Get out there and let down the net for a catch. Listen, the breakthrough, the recovery is always a cooperative effort. Are you with me? You got really quiet there. 
If you want to move from failure to your future and see God do great things in your life, you got to be willing to let him into your boat and into your mess. And, and then you got to be willing to listen to what he has to say and just maybe lay down what I think and begin to pick up what he thinks. And if he says launch out, then you just launch out in faith and obedience to God. Listen, God will always hold you up. He will always take care of you. He, he will, hey, he never rebuked anybody for zeal. I mean, you just get zealous to obey God. He'll embrace that and he'll honor that. And, and he will wants to speak to you. He wants to direct your life. He wants to show you wherever you need to let down your net. Number four, in the middle of all this, if you want to transform your failures into your future, you've got to be willing to lay. Lay it all out before God. Verse eight, when, when Peter saw what Jesus did, the miraculous intervention of God and all that Jesus did in his midst and undoubtedly all that he had said there by the seashore that he had heard as he spoke from his boat, he realized, man, I'm in the middle. I'm in the presence of, of, of God. And he fell at his knees and he said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. I don't particularly know what Peter's particular sins were other than maybe it was unbelief and, and frustration and anger in his, I don't know. But his experience with Jesus moved him to a place where he realized, I got to deal with these sin issues in my life. And let me just say this, I'm going to throw this out and, and we'll move on. Listen, sin issues in our life affect us in every area of our life. I don't know if it affects Jesus' capacity to catch fish. I don't know. But I believe there's this spiritual principle. The principle is this. You let sin in your life, the blessing of God is lifted off your life. And you got to deal. we got to deal with the sin issues of our life. And so let me encourage you in the middle of failure, don't let sin keep you from your breakthrough. Don't let sin keep you from your future. Peter laid it all out before the Lord. He said, depart from me, O Lord. I'm a sinful man. He confessed his sin before God. And listen, the Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. you got to be willing to lay. And then number five, you got to be willing to leave. What did he do when Jesus, they brought it to shore and Peter experienced forgiveness from God? Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. And another gospel says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And here's what it says. And when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Can I tell you today, to move from failure to your future, there's some things we may have to forsake in our life. What I've learned about progress is that sometimes and most of the time, there's some things you got to give up to go up. And whatever it is in our life that's keeping us from moving forward into the destiny of God for our life, we may have to come to a place where we give some things up. You know, it, it, listen, success in life is always a sacrifice. Somebody sacrificed somewhere for your success. 
Most of the time in our own life, there's sacrifices we must make in order to move from one place to another. There's some things we got to leave. There's some things we need to lay down. There's some things we need to give up in this journey called life. Peter left two net-breaking, boat-sinking loads. I tried to do a study on what economically that meant. Some theologians and scholars and bloggers said that was potentially a year's worth of finances for little Peter and his buddy. And he left it with the family. They forsook it all. They left, they turned and left and began to follow him. Sometimes there's some things we need to give up if we're going to go up. And so many people try to carry things that, that weigh them down and, and, and keep them from God's destiny for our, for their lives. You got to lay it down. Everybody say, you I got to lay it down. And then number six. Oh, let me just say this. How many of you know Jesus left heaven for you and me? What did he do? He laid down his life so you and I can move beyond the failures of our life. There's some things we may need to lay down and that whatever that means to you, process it, listen to it. Hey, listen, what's, what's got you all hung up? Lay it down. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, you want me to get you in the altar and go, in the name of the Lord. We don't see that here. Jesus doesn't come up to Peter and say, in the name of the Lord, I rebuke this boat and these fish off your brain. In Jesus. Now, I could do that if you want me to. Probably wouldn't do any good. Because ultimately, listen, leaving things requires us to just go, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm moving out of this failure. I'm not going to sit here and lick my wounds anymore. I'm not going to sit here and, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to follow the directive of God. I see a new day for my life. I'm going to become a fisher of men. I'm sick and tired of being, I'm going to get up and go somewhere, glory to God. I'm turning on my back on that which has got me bound. I'm shaking it off. Everybody say, shake it off, brother. Shake it off. And then finally, listen, and we're going to close. This guy, I've got five minutes. Here's what Peter, this is what we can learn from him. He was willing to learn. See, this was just the starting blocks for his life. And when you study through his life, you learn some things about Peter. He was willing to learn. He didn't know some things that he didn't know and he had to learn some things and some of it was from the school of hard knocks. But when you study First and Second Peter, you'll find out he learned some things about life. He was a little cocky and arrogant in the beginning. He thought he had it all figured out. But you read in, in, in Peter, it says, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Where did he get that? From the school of hard knocks. He was willing to learn And that's what a disciple is. And that's why in a couple of weeks I'm going to begin this series, The Jesus Journey. Learning to follow Jesus 24-7. It's not a... See, discipleship is not a part-time job. It's a lifestyle of learning. And Peter became a learner. He was willing to learn. And he learned his lessons well. In fact, if we had time... I've got an acrostic that one day I may share with you the, some lessons from First and Second Peter that are an acrostic about hurdle, H-U-R-D-L-E. I don't have time today. But the lessons he learned help him get over the hurdle of failure. 
and began to move forward in life and become one of the most influential men in history. I said one of the most influential men in the history of the church. There's hope for all of us today. Let's stand together. And as we close out this service today, in no way do I even want to dare try to uh, highlight the potential failures of your moment. Didn't seem to bother Jesus much when it came to Peter. But I would encourage us all to let Jesus into our boat today. Began to listen. In fact, I believe Jesus spoke to some people today through this old flawed vessel called Pastor Sam. If we listen to the point of obeying where we can launch out and we'll come to the place where we realize there's some things in our life that we need to lay down and some things in our life that we need to uh, leave and depart from and oh, a whole lot of lessons we need to learn. We can move from failure to future. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. I'm not going to keep you long. But I do want to provide opportunity to apply a little bit of what we've learned today. And let me just begin today by saying this. I, I, let me just say, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never allowed Him into your boat, this was in a sense kind of Peter's beginning of him becoming a follower and a believer. In a sense, this is where Peter got saved. Where he chose to believe what God had to say and he allowed Him into his life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I don't know that I've ever really given my life to Christ, but today I want to let Him into my boat. I want to let Him into in the middle of my life. And in a sense, in some ways, I've spent my energy and efforts. And I feel like I'm failing in life. And I want to invite Jesus into the middle of my mess and give Him my life. If that's you with no one looking around, lift your hand wherever you are and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I see that hand. Who else? I see that hand. I see that hand. There's hands going up. Just wave it so I'll know that you're... I see it. I see it. There's hands going up in two or three different places here today. You can put them back down. In just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. Listen very carefully. This morning is an opportunity for you to make a move. And begin to see God do something dynamic in your life. We're going to pray a prayer together. And if you lifted your hand, I want everybody's going to pray out loud, but I want you to pray. Pray from your heart, and I'm going to lead you to Jesus. And you just got to choose to trust Him. To take your life and turn it around. And if that's you and you lifted your hand, I want us all right now to let's all lift our hands to the Lord. You may, this may be a little uncomfortable to you, and hey, everybody's doing it, so that makes you look just fine. We're going to pray this prayer together and we're going to join in with these that lifted their hand. There was at least three or four, maybe more, that I could see people who wanted to invite Jesus into their hearts and into their lives. And I want us all to pray this prayer out loud. And if you lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to pray especially from your heart to God. Everybody pray together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and paying for my sin with your blood. Thank you for rising again the third day. I believe you did that for me. And today I invite you into my life. I ask you to get in my boat, Lord. 
I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord and the leader of my life from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big God bless you today. Woo!